Hi, welcome to the Drama Free Living Podcast. I'm Dennis McIntyre here with my lovely partner, wife, all in all, Lisa McIntyre. Hey, how y'all doing? Well, here we are, and um, we're going to continue to work through the eight qualities of drama-free teens and really give everybody some extra content and maybe some extra behind-the-scenes type stories that aren't really in the book. And so we're going to continue with it. Chapter three, we talked about to create ownership, you really have to give ownership. And almost like people rise to the expectations that we really have of them. This chapter is really all about team culture team culture. We have come out of a command and demand culture in the workplace and even in the home. And we are moving to a much more collaborative, healthy work environment, a healthy work culture, because the people that you're around, your employees, your family members, they are going to behave um, basically as a reflection of how you as a leader treat them. Yeah, because isn't it true? I mean, culture is really based on beliefs. And so your team culture is the collective beliefs that your team has, that you have, and even your family culture. I think every relationship has a culture. And how you believe about somebody really determines how they behave. And Lisa, I know you know we've come out of this sort of command culture back in our, our corporate days when we were with different organizations. And I think everything is really moving towards this collaborative culture. And so as a leader, you can either command and demand, or you can create and collaborate. Right. And poor performance comes from unclear expectations. So if those around you don't know what's what you expect of them, if your team doesn't know what you expect of them, they're not going to be able to perform because you haven't communicated it. And the lens through which you see your team will affect your behavior toward them and in turn will affect their behavior toward you. Yeah, because I think like many times, you know, people act like children at times, right? And so they act like children. And then as leaders, we treat them like children. And then the dirty secret to that is that when you treat them like children, then that just perpetuates them acting like children. And honestly, as leaders, we've got to stop this. This has got to stop, right? We've got to... It's almost like, Lisa, I think many management, you know, courses or management training, they they really don't teach leadership. I think they just sort of teach how to run an adult daycare. Exactly. An adult daycare. There is not an encouragement of adult-to-adult conversations. There's not an encouragement of ownership. And an ownership mentality states people are smart, people are motivated, and they want to be challenged. And we have a management course that would help you be able to take the drama out of your team and really have adult-to-adult conversations and not just run an adult daycare. Yeah, because I think like ownership is really the most powerful motivator. And that's what I love about the course. We actually take five weeks and one hour a week with some certain action steps and some certain things that you can do every week that really help you become a better leader and get out of the running an adult daycare. Because I've never met anybody that really wants to run an adult daycare, right? Absolutely. And, And that completely changes your culture. So if in your team, if in your workplace, if even in your family, you tend to find yourself thinking, wow, this is just an adult daycare, or you find yourself that your culture is less than optimal and it's affecting your results 
then the management course would definitely be a be a help to you because it truly teaches how to treat people with respect, how to treat people as an adult, how to treat adults as adults, and how to speak life into the those people around you. Yeah, because I almost think, Lisa, many times we talk about managing people, but you know, people are ridiculously in charge of themselves. People are going to do what they do. And I don't know if we necessarily manage people, but I think we manage these agreements that we make between each other, right? You're going to do this. I'm going to do this. And we just manage the agreement. And I think the clearer the agreement, the less drama there is. And there are going to be times when, hey, somebody's going to make a mistake. and But not me. I never make a mistake. What I was going to say was the best thing to do is as a leader to own up to your mistakes. And I got a lot of ownership to do that. And, you know, go ahead and apologize and say, man, that was, that was my fault. I did not, I did not communicate clearly enough on that. And so ultimately that was my responsibility. Even if it was a team member, even if a team member should have caught that, that error. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that helps you not become the victim in your leadership, right? Because I think a key way that leaders become the victim is they start to blame their team. Well, they didn't do this and they didn't do that one. Really, if you step back and go, you know what? At the end of the day, I did not communicate the expectations clear enough many times. And And that reminds me of um, a situation with one of our sons years ago. Oh, yeah, absolutely. You know, I and I kind of fell into this command and demand culture and kind of command and demand parenting, right? Is that, you know, one of our sons, he was a teenager at the time. And really, you know, as a teenager, they make their own choices. And so really your parenting style has to change because it cannot be a command and demand culture. And so I've kind of found myself falling into this where I remember one of our sons was playing a video game and I wanted him to do something. And it, it, and I told him to, Hey, I need you to go clean your room. And, you know, he was playing PlayStation and he does what every teenage boy does. And blah, 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 blah. And I said, hold on. I said, I need you to clean your room. And I probably said it four or five times. And then like Lisa, after the fifth time, like I was mad, right? I was mad and I came down and I stopped and I screamed. And then, you know, after I screamed, he put away the PlayStation and went to clean his room. And I thought, oh, my gosh, I've just created the crazy cycle. Is that this particular son, he realized that dad is not serious until dad yells and screams. And I just created this entire culture where it was all command and demand. And he knew I was never serious. And, you know, the great thing is that we actually caught it. And or I caught it. And I kind of stepped back and I realized that, you know, I'm really the one at fault here. Not, not my son, not my teenage son, but, but it's really me that's at fault. And I just had to step back and change my style of leadership, change my style of parenting. And so I got his attention. And many times we don't have our team's attention, right? It's like we, we kind of do fly-by delegation. Hey, I need you to do a bike, 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 and we just walk away. Uh, giving them really clear instructions without really telling them the context and what's really on our mind. We just kind of like throw it off. But I just, I started to really get his attention and make these agreements. And I said, I need you to do this. Here's the time frame that I need you to do it at. And you make your choice. And then you can eat the fruit of those consequences. And you know what happened is, is that he just changed immediately. He started to have more adult behavior 
because of how I led him in a different way. It was no longer command and demand. It was we set the agreement and then he either complied or he didn't. And then there was just a fruit of those choices. And I think many times if we can get back as leaders to having more of that style, not a command and demand, but set the expectations and here's the rewards, here's the consequences, you choose. And then the great thing is, is then people self-select. People become more and more powerful. Absolutely. And often we can command and demand in our teams with adults. That's an example of an adult to teenager uh, conversation, an adult to teenager interaction. And we do the same thing in our teams with adults. And we talk to them and talk to them and talk to them. And then we finally yell And at that point, it becomes urgent for that team member to do that item, or it becomes urgent for that team member to pay attention to the particular detail that we're asking them to. Or sometimes we command, we we talk and we yell until it finally brings it to attention. That's one way that we do an adult to child relationship. Another way is we talk to them and we want them to do something. We don't see them doing it. In, our, in the time frame that we think they should because we haven't laid out the expectation. So what do we do? We turn around and we go do it for them or we find somebody else to do it and we, we circumvent that whole relationship and that whole request and go to another person or we do it ourselves. And that is also a form of an adult-to-child conversation or an adult-to-child relationship. It's really a form of rescue, isn't it? We almost Absolutely. Like, it's like we almost like circumvent the learning too. Mm-hmm. Because there's learning that team members need to have it. It goes back to, I've seen leaders that don't let their teams fail. Right. And many times failure is a great teacher, is a great motivator. And if they never learn to fail, then they never really learn. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I know absolutely nothing about cars. So this is probably completely incorrect. But I do know that cars have carburetors and they have batteries and they have tires and And we, in our relationships, have parts also, like a car. They're very specific. Each part has this very specific job to do. So when the tires try to jump in and do what the battery does, obviously, that's not going to work. So when you, as the CEO of your team, or you, as the the manager or the leader of a particular department, jump in and try to perform the job of another team member, or if you ask a team member who is over HR to take over and jump in on something in client relations, that that's just not going to work because you're asking that particular piece, that particular part, you're asking that tire to jump in and become a battery and tires weren't created to be batteries. You know, that's a whole other podcast episode kind of look at your team and go, Hey, are you a tire or are you a battery? <laughs> <laughs> but a little bit like we, we had the same thing with a, with a client this past week as we were working with their team. We had done some assessments and looking at strengths and weaknesses. And what happened with this leader is he realized that he has some team members in the wrong place. Is as he has a person that is very relational, double people focused, and he wants them to do a very task oriented estimating job that requires a lot of details. And it's almost like sometimes, Lisa, I think we we try to get orange juice from an apple. Right? We try to get you know orange juice from a from a lemon. 
we're just squeezing this lemon, squeezing this lemon, and we're wondering why lemon juice is coming out. But I think that kind of helps us with our own drama is really look at our team and see what we have. And we're going to cover that in a, in a later podcast episode about when we work with people. But it, it's a great example of not getting into your own drama by being able to look at your team and setting the right expectations for them. Absolutely. And if we don't have the right expectations for our team members, and this happens over time, oftentimes we, we begin to give up on a particular team member. We, we lose hope, we lose belief in them, and that will, just, that will drive their behavior and they will behave as if we've given up on them because we have lowered their expectations. We've lowered our expectations of them. And something that is very cool about our book is at the end of each chapter, we have reflection and asking action questions. We have things, questions that you can sit down and process through the material of the book and really help you work through what we've taught in the book so that you can figure out what it is in your team that needs to change or, or what you can do with this material and how you can apply it. And one of the reflection actions questions in this chapter is, is there anyone on your team you have given up on? Now think about that. Is there somebody that comes to mind? It could be on your team at work. It could be on your team and your family. It could be a, a, a relationship that you've just given up on. It could be. It could be. Think of the different um, relationship groups that you have. Is there anyone you you've given up on? And then the next question is, how can you invest into that person to move toward a position of growth? That's fantastic. You know, and, and what I love about the questions, Lisa, is you know some teams actually use this in their in their huddles and their weekly meetings. Is they'll take a chapter and work through a question, and so that's a fantastic question. You know, is there anyone you've given up on, and how can you invest into that person to to see them grow? Because if you invest in them, you're going to get a return. And many times, like we're looking for a return. And we've never made an investment. How stupid is that? Right? We're, we're, we're mad about there's not a return, but we've never really made the investment to, to help them. So I love the question. So let us know, the, you know, think through that question and, and use it. And our encouragement is, is go get the book. And in fact, we'll put a link to the management course. If that's something that would help you, it's a five-week course with 40 quick three-minute lessons that you can actually take and use right away so that you can increase your leadership. And our encouragement is stop running an adult daycare. Okay, if you're leading a team, don't run a daycare, okay? Be a leader. Create ownership in your team. Set the right expectations. Move towards a collaborative and creative culture, not a command and demand culture. Absolutely. And teach, teach your people to take ownership, but also you take ownership. Your employee's behavior becomes a reflection of a leader's belief in them. Believe in your people. Yeah, believe in your people, make the investment, and uh, you can do it. We'll see you uh, next time. Have a great day. Yep, on the Drama Freeland Podcast. Have a great day.